Douglas. Jeez, you almost, caught me off guard. Almost caught you off guard. Welcome. I grabbed it so to quick. our our first intro in a long time, and Douglas, we have a good one today. We do. Yeah, we do. I, I have I, I have no idea. I know what we is, are not recording this we after are, the podcast. Yeah. This is I'm before the podcast. I'm totally in the dark. Yes. If you had to guess, what are we talking about today? So, um, good guess. I just want to cut. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we want to make this short. We just want to say hello. Thank you for listening. Are we doing leprechauns? <laughs> How's that a monster? Have you never seen the movie Leprechaun? They're totally unrelated. Oh. Anyway. Well, they're still leprechauns. No, I'm just gonna roll the intro music. Gremlins. What about gremlins? They're cute, but then if you feed them after midnight, they're not cute. One more monster guess. Um. Uh. The gooey monster. <laughs> the swamp monster. Try again. Uh, big snake. Hello and welcome back to Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. I almost butchered that because we haven't done that in a while. Dude, it has been a long time, but we are back. Yeah, we're back. Back it, to the grind. Weird. We haven't. Oh, the last time we recorded was like a month ago. Yeah, but that's not the last time a podcast was posted. No, no, no. no. We, yeah. we pre-recorded some episodes. We apologize for not happen, having an episode last week, which was the week of April 1st. I don't know the specific day yeah. of last Sunday. Uh, so, uh, March 31st. The week of March 31st to the April 6th. Yeah. We didn't release a podcast we've, last week. We've had a, a side project aside from our side project. And which school. Is, which is the podcast. And yeah. school. Yeah. We, yeah, and we also, we hadn't, we, we haven't recorded in such a long time. It, we kind of, I guess, got used to it. Like, it, felt, it feels weird, like. Recording again. Yeah. It's been a while. It felt, it felt weird not recording, too. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, it was interesting. Like, earlier, I was I was researching, and I literally was like, okay, I'm, I'm right back into podcasting. Like, yeah. it, it hasn't gone away. I'm, I'm excited to get back into it. Okay, it's... All right, why is it telling me I'm so low? I don't... I, I gotta get, like, right in this mic to be, like, equal to you. Hello. Hello. Yeah, see, you're fine. I'm just, I'm sitting well, here. I'll, I just, have to, I'll just hold it. No, no, no. I'll just talk loud. I'll have to talk. I'll have to talk loud and also, Jesus, get really close to the mic and make sure I don't like detract away like talking like this or talking like that. I, I have to be like right in it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's let's get into it. I'm, Did you I'm see excited. what it is? No, I didn't. Okay, it's pulled up. I but can't Doug, read. Okay, but Doug, uh, I uh, I, ha- I wrote down some stuff to discuss yeah. our, on our next podcast that we recorded, and that was um, let's see when that was. That was March twenty seventh, so uh, roughly around the last time we recorded. But uh, first off, um, we we got a recommendation uh, from our friend Andrew up at Georgia. We did wanting to talk about the O.J. Simpson trial and how it's a big conspiracy. And then I kind of explained to him how it's kind of not, but it kind of is because, you know, there's some stuff that we get into, but we're not going to right now. But uh, I just thought that I'd mention it because we don't really talk about Andrew a lot on the podcast. We don't. He's been on, hasn't he? Not the new, not no, the new not, branding. Um, yeah, but once He's been before. on technically twice. Yeah. And yeah. those are both now unavailable. So on actually on um I think it's Stitcher or something. Stitcher has all of our episodes. Yeah, I'm for pretty the sure. Second season. Well, either that or Castbox. Interesting. Well, I'm if you really sure. ever want to hear about uh, episodes before we were uh, in mysteries and conspiracies, go on one of those websites and hear some really it, awesome stuff. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> it's it's bad, is what yeah. you're trying to say. It's very bad. And the other thing I want to discuss, I, w- I wanted to, you know, I haven't seen you in such a long time because we haven't recorded and yeah. we don't hang out outside. Yeah, of the we, this is the only reason we're still friends. Yeah. Um. Have you ever had to call nine one one? Um. No, I haven't. You haven't? No. Like not at all. Not at all. I mean, I've been in a situation where someone has called nine one one, but I haven't myself. What was called that situation? Them. I think. Um, Something happened at my house where I think we thought somebody was breaking in. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And uh, so we just called the police to come search around. 
But um, no one that's all I can remember. No, nobody broke in. I'm kind of in the same situation. I've never had to call it, but I've been in a situation where it was called on. Yeah. And uh, that was when I was five years old, I want to say. Oh, and I locked this? myself in the bathroom. Yeah. And of I, a restaurant, right? No, it was, I'm pretty sure, my birthday at <laughs> my old house. house <laughs> my The house... Oh wait, no! I was the one. I locked myself in a bathroom at a restaurant. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, it. Yeah, I, uh, it was at a, my birthday. I want to say it was the second house I ever lived in. Uh, I think I was like five. When my mom tells the story, was I went to the bathroom and uh, like the door locked for some reason, and then she was trying to like get it to unwiggle, and the doorknob on my side fell out, and she said that I just looked at it and went, "Uh oh." And so then she had to call the fire department and they had to come around through a window and like break the window. Or I think I opened it for him. I can't really remember. And then I got, I got carried out by the fireman. So that was pretty, <laughs> well, was so pretty cool. Weirdly, I have a faint memory, a very, very faint memory uh, of that happening. Okay, you can't shake. Stop. If you shake your leg, my mic shakes. Stop. Uh, look. It is. Stop. Stop shaking. I don't know why it's shaking, but yeah. So that was that was the only time I've had to call Emma one. I can't. Uh, yeah, let me adjust my mic. I can't um, really think about any other times I've had to do it. Luckily, I've never had to. Hopefully, never will, unless it's a really cool situation. C- cool, not really cool. Like heroic like if, situation. If the, like if the monster we're discussing today were to ever come in contact with me, I'd have to call nine one one. The monster. Yeah, because remember we're doing the monster series. Yeah, what was I'm, the trying first to th- I'm trying to think of the first monster was the Wendigo. Yeah, but I'm trying I, to I think of. That, I'm trying to making, guess. When I was making the description for the episode, I typed in chupacabra and almost posted uh, the chupacabra, and people would have been really confused. But then I had to look back and be like, it wasn't a chupacabra; it was a Wendigo. Oh yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I texted you. I was like, "What did we cover?" So we're doing the chupacabra. No. Oh. Threw you off. No, Douglas. Today. Hold on. Should I try and guess? You can guess. I'll give you three guesses. Okay. Um, is it some sort of... Uh... I'm not giving you hints. Oh. Well, then that's no fun. Just say it. Pop filter. And I just talk like this. We'll try this. No pop filter. Now I have a hat. It's a halo. Halo. Uh, you really don't know? I don't I don't know. No. It's Bigfoot. You already did Bigfoot. I know. Lying. It, dude, <laughs> do not break the mic. I'm not. These come off. Put them back on. They're meant to be on for a reason. Well, I'm not using them. Whatever. Today we're doing... Drumroll. The Mothman. Mothman! Oh, I could have gotten that. Yeah, but you didn't because you're a dumbass. Today we're doing <laughs> the Mothman, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I have a few things we're going to be going over today. Uh, the first thing... Are you um, going to go over the bridge? Shh. Oh. What the... F- I can't... Oh, I can't zoom out anymore? Okay, so the first thing I'm going to be doing is reading a website called prairieghost.com, which gives a great uh, beginning story of the Mothman. And then we're going to go over uh, some of my own notes to add on to the story, because the story essentially is all this. Then we're going to go over some facts... And then um, we're going to go over. I need to pull up the other websites because I forgot what they are. You know what? Since we're doing, we're Mothman, going to go over. Sh- shut up. Uh, con- some convincing stories from uh, people experiencing the Mothman. And then uh, Mothman. I want to say that's the last thing we're going to be doing. On oh the, yeah, it's like. And then I think. Um, let me double check what the last one was, just so I can get the the listeners ready. I, I think this just might be a site. Uh, on the Instagram, I'm going to do that. That you know the moth meme that was pretty popular a while ago. Yeah, I'm gonna post a picture of that. <laughs> and the real moth man. I regret doing this. <laughs> hey, you got a lamp in there? <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, so, uh, dude, it is hot. Mothman, you're wearing pants. Mothman, that's why I'm fully nude for this episode because yeah, it gets hot in here. I should have done that. Mothman, as the strange creature came to be called, is perhaps one of the strangest creatures to ever grace the annals of weirdness. <laughs> Annals? What? Two N's? A-N-N-A-L-S? I don't know. 
To ever grace the annals of weirdness yeah, in America, even though this mysterious and unsolved case has nothing to do with ghosts, it would be remiss of me. Uh, this is just something that the person uh, of the website wrote. Uh, so, let's get into these annals. <laughs> let's get into the annals. <laughs> so the first annal, or the starting annal. I'm going to cut that. Let's just, let's just not use So the weird events connected to the Mothman began on November 12th, 1966, near Clendenin, Clendenin, you should have gone over Clendenine, West Virginia. Five men were in a local cemetery that day, preparing for a grave for burial. No, preparing grave a grave diggers? for burial. Yes. But in this story, there's men. No labels. <laughs> when something that looked like a brown human being lifted off from some nearby trees and flew over their heads, the men were baffled. It did not appear to be a bird, but more like a man with wings. Whoa. A few days later, more sightings would take place, electrifying the entire region. Do moths shed? Luckily, I have Google pulled up. Do they have like an outer exoskeleton? Do moths shed? Once it grows too big for its cuticle, it must shed or molt. Yeah, the caterpillar, that's a molt. Wait. The caterpillar may take a break from... Are caterpillars moths? I think there, there are some caterpillars that get hit with the ugly stick, and then they turn into moths. Hold on. Moth. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Ugly stick doesn't sound too scientific. Moth so. cocoon? Ooh. A moth coon. <gasps> a beef coon. Whoa, this is so weird. Hold on, let me look up moth caterpillar. That's going to be my next monster. <clears throat> Images. They look like regular caterpillars. They're a lot more fuzzy. Huh. Interesting. So fuzzy caterpillars turn into moths. Fuzzy, like super fuzzy. Because you know, some caterpillars have a little fuzz. Just a little. Yeah. Just a little fuzz. So, late in the evening... Wait, was I supposed to clap too? We can. Ready? One and two and three. There we go. We were a little off, but I'll take it. All right, you want to do it again? No. Okay. Late in the evening of November 15th, two young married couples named Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette. That, that, those, are, those are some old names. Very old. Old couple names. Uh, had a very strange encounter as they drove past an abandoned TNT plant near Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Also, uh, my research, it apparently, this this was, while near a abandoned TNT plant, it was also near like a wildlife thing in West Virginia. So it's kind of like, you know? Like a, a, a forest like park yeah, area. It's like, it's like they're essentially the same place, but a lot of stuff said the TNT plant, and then some stuff said the wildlife, so I'm just that's why I'm reiterating that. Okay. Uh, the couples spotted two large eyes that were attached to something that was, quote, shaped like a man, but bigger, maybe six or seven feet tall, and it had big wings folded against its back. When the creature moved towards the plant door, the cup... It exploded. This doesn't make any sense. Because another story I saw, it was like in front of them. Like in the car, like they were driving. Uh, and they thought it was like lights. Huh. Uh, so when they saw it, like they panicked and sped away not knowing what to do. And then uh, they said that um, as they were driving away, it flew like next to them. And then like flew away into the night. And then moments later, they saw the same creature on a hillside near the road. It spread its wings and rose into the air oh, following their car. Which was now driving at apparently 100 miles an hour. Don't know how true that is. Uh, quote. <laughs> well, I'd I'd want to book it out of there if I saw a Mothman. Quote. That bird kept right up with us, said one of the group. I don't know which one. I'm gonna say Larry. Yeah, Larry seems pretty. Uh, they told Deputy Sheriff Millard Halstead that it followed them down Highway 62 and right to the Point Pleasant city limits. And they would <laughs> not be the only ones to report the creature that night. Another group of four witnesses claimed to see the bird three different times. It's a bird. And a little more insight into the original story. Uh, Linda was quoted as saying, I wish we had never seen it. I wish someone else had seen it. 
Halstead said that he was convinced they weren't lying because everyone knew everyone in the community and the four of them uh, had never had any trouble before. And they all gave the same exact account about what happened, even though they were all interviewed separately. Mm-hmm. And Halstead said that they all had the same look of terror in their eyes, and he was convinced that they had at least seen something. So the two sightings, the beginning one with the graveyard and then these people, uh, frightened the community, and they all began searching the whole area, but no- nothing was found. Like They all like got in arms and was like, oh, we'll find you. <laughs> like Frankenstein? Yeah, kind of. Pitchforks and torches. Ah, well, modernish. Okay, so M16s and uh, 60s modern. N- what? Never mind. <laughs> so, another sighting had more bizarre <laughs> had more bizarre results. At about ten thirty on the same evening, Newell Partridge. God, these are some old ass names. Partridge. A local building contractor who lived in Salem, about 90 miles from Point Pleasant, was watching television when the screen suddenly went dark. He stated that a weird pattern filled the screen and that he heard a loud whining sounds from outside that raised in pitch and then ceased. It sounded like a generator winding up, he later stated. Partridge's dog, Bandit, began to howl out in the front yard, uh, out on the front porch, and Newell went out to see what was going on. When he walked outside, he saw Bandit facing the hay barn about 150 yards from the house. Puzzled, Partridge turned a flashlight in that direction and spotted two red circles that looked like eyes or bicycle reflection reflectors. Hmm. Uh, the moving red orbs were certainly not animals' eyes, he believed, and the sight of them frightened him. Bandit, an experienced hunting dog and protective of his territory, shot off across the yard in, the pursuit, in pursuit of the glowing eyes. Partridge called for him to stop, but the animal paid no attention. His owner turned and went back into the house for his gun, but then he was too scared to go back outside again. Wimp. He slept that night with his gun propped up next to the bed. The next morning, he realized that Bandit had disappeared. No! The dog had still not shown up two days later when Partridge read in the newspaper about the sightings in Point Pleasant that night. Poor Bandit. Don't cry. I'm, I'm not. I'm yawning. Yeah. For the dog. <laughs> uh, one statement that he read in the newspaper chilled him to the bone. Roger Scarberry. That was Larry. Oh no! It was Roger. I said. I said Larry earlier. It was Roger. Damn it! Now I feel bad. Skinwalker branched <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. So Roger Roger. Scarberry, one member of the group who spotted the strange uh, bird, said that as they entered the city limits of Point Pleasant, they saw the body of a large dog lying on the side of the road. Uh A few minutes later, on the way back out of town, the dog was gone. They even stopped to look for the body, knowing that they had passed it just a few minutes before. Newell Partridge immediately thought of Bandit, who was never seen again. Hmm. Man. Poor Bandit. It's upsetting. Yeah. You had to bring the dog into a Mothman. I'm not a fan. Now I don't like Mothman anymore. Oh, just wait. Uh, So on November 16th, a press conference was held in the county courthouse. And Linda, Roger, and the other two that I can't remember because they aren't important. Larry. No. (laughs) Maybe it was Larry. (laughs) I don't know. No, it was Stephen Mary. Yeah. Uh, So... uh, At the press conference, the four of them repeated their uh, story... And Deputy Halstead, who had known the couple all their lives, took them very seriously. And he said, quote, they've never been in any trouble. Oh, yeah, already went over that. Ain't got no trouble. And he had no reason to doubt their stories. Many of the reporters who were present for the weird recounting felt the same way. The news of the strange sightings spread around the world. The press dubbed the odd flying creature Mothman after a character from the popular Batman series. (laughs) Batman... Yeah. I talked really weird. <laughs> you did. I had like a stroke. I was like, sir, sir. <laughs> so the remote and abandoned TAT plant uh, became the lair of Mothman. The lair. Air quotes. In the months ahead, and it could not have picked a better place to hide. The area was made up of several hundred. There you oh. go. Yeah. Get that yawn out. Several hundred acres of woods and large concrete domes where high explosives were stored during World War II. 
<laughs> Duh. <laughs> a network of tunnels honeycombed the area and made it possible for the creature to move about without being seen. Jeez. In addition to the man-made, to the man-made uh-huh. labyrinth. Shut up. <laughs> the area was also comprised of the of the McClintic Wildlife Station. That's what it was called. McClinton. A heavily forested animal preserve filled with woods, artificial ponds, and steep ridges and hills. Much of the property was almost inaccessible, and without a doubt, Mothman could have hid for weeks or months and remained totally unseen. Goodness. The only people who ever wandered there were hunters and fishermen and the local teenagers who used the rutted dirt roads as a lover's lane. Lover's lane. Boom, Mothman. It's not lover's lane anymore. It's moth mother's lane. That would turn into mother's lane. Okay, that won't work. Hello, mother's name. <laughs> oh, you mothers. Ah, so all this has happened. And so then one day. It's a lot. A, a, dog, named, a dog died, supposedly. Yeah, a lady named Marcella Bennett, who is <coughs> completely unaware of the sighting. Is she old, too? I don't know. Is this just old people? Well, sh- maybe. Marcella, that sounds like an old person's name. Well, they're old now. Well, uh, yeah. Back then, maybe not. But Marcella Well, if they're Bennett, old then, they're dead now. Yeah. Marcella Bennett, who was completely unaware of the sightings somehow, was visiting a friend who lived close to where the couples had first seen Mothman. And as so, you know, she goes over to the friend, she visits, blah, 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 blah. Uh, As she was walking to her car to leave her friends, she was confronted by a large gray creature that had giant wings and glowing red eyes. Would you shut up? Uh, Sometimes when you're doing research, I do it maybe once, maybe twice. I don't keep going. <laughs> you slut. <laughs> I had to get my point across. Keep going. She said she was so terrified that she dropped her infant daughter and fell on Jeez. top of her to protect her. Oh, okay. She sat there for minutes, frozen in fear, staring it in the eyes until she made a run back to the house and had the police called. Her friends who were also in the house also saw the creature as it walked up to the porch and peered inside and then Ooh. disappeared as police arrived. Ooh. She got the baby inside, right? Yeah. Okay. And so Miss Bennett would not recover from the incident for months and was in fact so distraught that she sought medical attention to deal with her anxieties. She was tormented by frightening dreams and later told investigators that she believed the creature had visited her own home too. She said she could often hear keening sounds like a woman screaming ugh, near her isolated home on the edge of Point Pleasant. That's why I never want to live in an isolated place. Yeah, See, she the, did that to herself. I don't get the idea of that. I mean, I get staying for a little while, but not living there. It's like whenever I, we take family trips up to North Carolina, we'll stay in a recluse cabin out in the woods. You know, or and secluded cabin. Comes in that. Yeah, that's what I'm scared for. That's where I saw the face in the window. That yeah. scared the crap out of me. Remember that? Hey, cut the air off. Gosh, I'm going to hit myself because it's already hot. Roll up your jeans. You're yeah. going to pause it. You can it's change. not worth it. Do you want to borrow some shorts? Change it? We should probably wait for no. that to turn off. Yeah. Yeah, let's cut it. Well, wait. Oh. There it goes. Never mind. And. It listens. Cut. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> so. Many would come to believe that the sightings of Mothman, as well as UFO sightings and encounters with men in black in the area, were all related. Ooh, men in black. Men in Will black. Will Smith. Will Smith. The guy with the big nose. Guy with the big nose? Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. He's not that big of a nose. He's got a pretty big, pretty good sized nose. Does he? Looks like a swollen nose. Huh. I never noticed. For nearly a year, strange happenings continued in the area. Researchers, investigators, and monster hunters descended on the area, but none so famous as author John Keel, who has written extensively about Mothman and other unexplained anomalies. He has written for many years about UFOs, but dismisses the standard extraterrestrial theories of the mainstream UFO movement. For this reason, he has been a controversial figure for decades. According to Keel... Man has had a long history of interaction with... Oh, his nose is a little big. Yeah. All right, back to That's it. That's a really weird photo of him. <laughs> it's on uh, Wikipedia, the most reliable source. So, so according to Keel, 
A man, man has had a long history of interaction with the supernatural. He believes that the intervention of mysterious strangers in the lives of historic pers- personages, personas, personages. that's what I'm going to say, like Thomas Jefferson and Malcolm X, provides evidence of the continuing presence of the gods of old. What? <laughs> I don't know. The gods of old. That sounds interesting and... Kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The manifestation of these elder gods comes in the form of UFOs and aliens, monsters, demons, angels, and even ghosts. He has remained a colorful character to many and yet remains respected in the field for his research and fascinating writings. Keel became the major chronicler. Chronic. Chronicler? of the Mothman case and wrote that at least 100 people personally witnessed the creature between November 1966 and November 1967. According to their reports, the creature stood between 5 and 7 feet tall, was wider than a man, and shuffled on human-like legs. Its eyes were set near the top of the shoulders and had bat-like wings that glided rather than flapped when it flew. Strangely though, it was able to ascend straight up like a helicopter. Witnesses also described its murky skin as being either gray or brown, and it emitted a humming sound when it flew. Um, The Mothman was apparently incapable of speech and gave a screeching sound. Miss Bennett stated that it sounded like a woman screaming. Imagine a a Mothman love story. Whenever he's trying to say something romantic, he just screeches at her. She's like, oh my god. This is the most romantic thing anyone's ever done for me. Mafia, I can't be with you anymore. Okay, don't you- don't yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. Do not bring that up. That's in the past. It was one time. Look. <laughs> look. We've had our fun. But it's time for us to go our separate ways. Don't do this to me. Don't don't. You know it's hard enough. You make a good point. I'll sleep with you one more time. <laughs> we drag that on for too long. <laughs> a little bit of improv for you. Yeah, we're com com comedy keys. Com- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're comedy keys. <laughs> we're coming to get the keys. Yeah, we're stand up comedy keys. Yeah. <laughs> That's our comedy duo name. Comedy keys. No. Yeah. So John Keel. Yeah. <laughs> Arrived in Point Pleasant in December of 66 and immediately began collecting reports of Mothman sightings and even UFO reports. So is Mothman an alien? I don't know. Uh, He also compiled evidence that suggested a problem with television and phones that began in the fall of 1966. Lights had been seen in the skies, particularly around the TNT plant, and cars that passed along the nearby roads sometimes stalled without explanation. He and his fellow researchers also uncovered a number of short-lived poltergeist cases in the Ohio Valley area. Locked doors open and closed by themselves, strange thumps were heard inside and outside of homes, and often inexplicable voices were heard. The James Lilly family, who lived just south of the TNT plant, were so bothered by the, by the bizarre events that they finally sold their home and moved to another neighborhood. Keel was convinced that the intense period of activity was all connected. And stranger things still took place. A reporter named Mary Heyer, who was the Point Pleasant correspondent for the Athens, Ohio newspaper, The Messenger, wow. also wrote extensively about the local sightings. In fact, after one very active weekend, she was deluged with over 500 phone calls from people who saw strange lights in the skies. One night in January of 67, she was working late in her office in the county courthouse, and a man walked in the door. He was very short and had strange eyes that were covered with thick glasses. He also had long black hair that was cut squarely like a bull haircut. (laughs) Hire said... What are you laughing at? I'm picturing it, and it's just funny. (laughs) Hire said that he spoke in a low, halting voice, and he asked for directions to Welsh, West Virginia. She thought that he had some sort of speech impediment, and for some reason, he terrified her. He kept getting closer and closer to me, she said, and his funny eyes were staring at me almost hypnotically. Alarmed, she summoned the newspaper's 
circulation manager to her office, and together they spoke to the strange little man. <laughs> she said that... <laughs> I bet he's got, like, chunky fingers or something. Yeah. <laughs> she said at one point in the discussion, she answered the telephone when it rang, and she noticed the little man pick up a pen from her desk. He looked at the pen... He looked at it in amazement, as if he had never seen a pen before. Then he grabbed the pen, laughed loudly, and ran out of the building. Ugh. He's like, we have the technology now. <laughs> we several, got it. Several weeks later, Hire was crossing the street near her office and saw the same man on the street. He appeared to be startled when he realized she was watching him, turned away quickly, ran for a large black car that suddenly came around the corner. The little man climbed in it and quickly drove away. By this time, most of the sightings had come to an end, and Moth, to an end, and Mothman had faded away into the strange twilight zone from which he had come. Huh. But the story of Point Pleasant has not yet ended. Around five o'clock in the evening on December fifteenth, nineteen sixty-seven, the seven foot, seven hundred foot, <laughs> the seven foot bridge, the seven hundred foot bridge linking Point Pleasant to Ohio suddenly I, collapsed I this. Yeah. while filled with rush traffic, rush hour traffic. Oh, I didn't know that. Dozens of vehicles plunged into the dark waters of the Ohio River, and 46 people were killed. Two of those bodies, two of those people were never found, and the other 44 are buried together in the town cemetery of Gallipolis, Ohio. Hmm. And, uh, fun fact. Um, Mothman did it. The day of the collapse, the Mothman was supposedly seen on the bridge yeah. as if a warning. And after the collapse, he was never seen again in Point Pleasant. Now... Do you think that he caused it, or do you think he was being a hero? Be like, I'll get over bridge. it. I'll get over that. I'll go over that. Okay. The bridge is collapsing. Everybody, get off. That's how I would think. And, and his screeching voice. If he would, if he was able to talk human, he'd be like a Travolta mix, kind of. Yeah, keep going. That's it. That's no, it. keep going. Keep going where? With with what you think? How he would sound? The bridge! <laughs> it's collapsing! I really just wanted to be a dancer! <laughs> that's it. That's all, that's all that's I have. All you get. <laughs> yeah, cut me off. And uh, on that same tragic night, the James Lilly family, who still lived near the TNT plant at the time, so before they moved out, counted more than 12 eerie lights that flashed above their home and vanished into the forest. Uh, the collapse of the Silver Bridge made headlines all over the country, and Mary Heyer went days without sleep as reporters and television's crew from everywhere descended on the town. The local citizens were stunned with horror and disbelief, and the tragedy is still being felt today. So during Christmas week, so like 10 days, rough, or technically like a week after this happened, uh, a short, dark-skinned man entered the office of Mary Heyer. He was dressed in a black suit with a black tie and... He looked said that he looked very vaguely oriental. So like very vaguely Asian. I don't know why that's important. Apparently oriental he, isn't PC anymore. Yeah. He had high cheekbones, narrow eyes, and an unidentified accent. Probably oriental. <laughs> that's not an accent. He was not <laughs> interested in the bridge how disaster, but wanted to know about local UFO sightings. Hire was too busy to talk with him, and she handed her, she she handed him a file of related press clippings instead. He was not interested in them and insisted on speaking with her. She finally dismissed him from the office. Uh, that same night, an identically described man visited the homes of several witnesses in the area who had reported seeing the lights in the sky. He made all of them very uneasy and uncomfortable, and while he claimed to be a reporter from Cambridge, Ohio, he inadvertently admitted that he did not know where Columbus, Ohio, was even, though the two towns are just a few miles apart. Huh. So who was Mothman, and what was behind the strange events in Point Pleasant? Whatever the creature may have been, it seems clear that Mothman was no hoax. There were simply too many credible witnesses who saw something. It was suggested at the time that the creature may have been a sandhill crane, uh, which, while they are not native to the area, could have migrated south from Canada... And that was just one explanation. Although it was one that was rejected by Mothman witnesses who stated that what they saw looked nothing like a crane. There's also a thought that apparently the TNT site 
um, had nuclear waste, and people think that it could have been a mutated crane. Oh. That's just a theory. That's interesting. And so even John Keel suspected that a few of the cases involving involved people who were spooked by recent reports and saw owls flying along deserted roads at night. Even so, Mothman remains hard to easily dismiss. The case is filled with an impressive number of multiple witness sightings by individuals that were de- deemed reliable, even by law enforcement officials. But if Mothman was real, and he truly was some unidentified creature that cannot be explained, what was behind the UFO sightings, the poltergeist reports, the strange lights, sounds, the men in black, and most horrifying, the collapse of the Silver the small Bridge? man. John Keel believes that Point Pleasant was a window area, a place that was marked by long periods of strange sightings, monster reports, and the coming and going of unusual persons. He states that it may be wrong to blame the collapse of the bridge on the local UFO sightings, but the intense activity in the area at the time does suggest some sort of connection. Others have pointed to another supernatural link to the strange happening, blaming the events of the legendary Cornstalk curse that was placed on Point Pleasant in the 1770s. Cornstalk Should I read about curse. the Cornstalk Curse? Or? Just give a little insight. All right, let me go to the link. Cornstalk Curse. St- That's a lot curse. of reading. Just try and find like a brief right, overview. Uh, Corn. That's a hard. Let's uh, say that five times fast. Cornstalk Curse. Cornstalk. I start. Yeah, you started off. Corn. Corn, cornstalk curse, cornstalk curse, cornstalk. Uh. Y'all try it. Y'all try so it. So to summarize it, um, <laughs> in the land in the 1700s, there was a Indian chief named Chief Cornstalk, uh, who was like friendly to the Americans, but through treachery, deception, and murder, uh, apparently at the end of his life, he placed a curse that is still there to this day. So I believe it. Yeah, really simple. It's an Indian curse. Yeah. Nothing good comes from Indian curses. So that's that. And then so the next thing I will go over is some facts. Facts. So some believe the Mothman is connected to, or also known as, Indrid Cold, a name for the Grinning Man, a supernatural entity who grins at those who see him. The Grinning Man is believed to be an alien or alien species. And uh, so proximity to the Mothman causes confusion, extreme fear, and psychological distress that can last months and lead to death or insanity. By the way, uh, that's all there is about uh, Point Pleasant and like the dealing with that. Oh, but since 2002, the town of Point Pleasant has celebrated a Mothman festival on the third weekend of every September. There's a 12-foot statue of Mothman in Point Pleasant. And I, I, saw, go, I, I saw a picture that. of it. It was actually really cool. I want to visit that. Yeah. And so to this day, people claim to have seen the Mothman before disasters like 9-11 and the collapse of the 35 West Bridge in Minneapolis. And that happened on August 1st, 2007. It, it killed uh, 13 people, injured 145, and opened the same year Mothman was last seen, 1967. Jeez. Yep. So, next, uh, I just have some brief stories about the Mothman, like that people claim. So one of these stories is called The Mothman Saved the Lives of Miners in Freiburg, Germany. Whoa, he's just going all over the world now? Apparently. So on September 10th, 1978, a group of miners in Freiburg, Germany came face-to-face with a seemingly headless creature with glowing red eyes on its chest, blocking the mine's entrance. At first they thought it was a man in a trench coat, but they quickly realized it was not a coat, but unfurled large black wings. The men remained in the mine entrance, stunned and staring at the creature, until it let out a blood-curdling screech that sent the miners scrambling out. About an hour later, the men felt a seismic rumble and witnessed a plume of dust shoot from the mine as it collapsed. The men had gone down to their stations as the mine as usual. The majority of them would have died. Huh. Uh, so they, he's a superhero. So they dubbed this incident as the Freeburg. They dubbed the Mothman as the Freeburg Shrieker. And they claim that it saved their lives. He's a hero. Yeah. So another instance is that the Mothman tried to warn people of the Fukushima disaster. Do you know what the Fukushima disaster is? I've heard of it. You know, it's kind of like a uh, a banshee. You know what a banshee is? Yeah. It's where uh, it warns people that someone's going to die. So if you hear a banshee screaming, it means that either you or someone close to you is going to die like 
within a couple hours or minutes. So That's the weird. Fukushima disaster was a nuclear disaster. Yeah. Uh, at the Fukushima Dalakai nuclear power plant in Okuma, Fukushima Prefecture, that was started by a tsunami. So, Marcus Pools, an American visiting Japan, was out with a friend near the Fukushima plant when suddenly they heard a loud, a loud whooshing sound and a terrible screeching. Dude, when he whooshed, that scared me. I'm sorry. Yeah. As they looked back towards the plant, they saw a figure he described as large and black from the distance. I was at it looks to be sitting on top of one of the square shaped buildings it sat there for about five seconds then it unfurled a large set of what i could only describe as large black wings huh. the creature took flight circling the plant a few times before coming closer to them that's when i noticed the two large red eyes they seemed to glow from within and with a blood red hue they were unblinking in the three to four seconds we saw them we knew they were looking straight at us we knew this creature knew we could see it and it made no attempt to disguise itself uh, Pools describe an immense feeling of dread that washed over him, and the creature vanished as quickly as it had appeared. It wasn't until Pools was back home in America hearing the news on CNN about the devastation of the Japanese earthquake and the explosions at the very same nuclear plant where he had witnessed the creature that he realized he may have seen the infamous harbinger known as the Mothman. Huh. So, apparently, the Mothman was hanging around the Twin Towers the week of the 9-11 attacks. And this is apparently a picture I've seen that picture. I don't know how credible it is. Because apparently, um, there's no real photo of Mothman. There's just a lot of fakes. Yeah. So well, during... The picture of the... What is it? The Point Place Bridge. It's a picture of him. Fake. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of bum, bums me. I mean, you don't really know what's real and what's not. Yeah, I know. So. During the days leading up to the terrorist attacks on September 11th, several people reported sightings of a black-winged creature flying near the Twin Towers. And during the attack, as the second plane hit, eyewitnesses reported a creature flying parallel to the plane. Then in the days that followed, those, reports, those reporting the creature were originally approached by men in black and warned to stop talking about what they saw. So another one is believed that he's connected to the Chernobyl disaster. The Mothman is believed to have been around for the worst nuclear accident in history. Throughout 1985, many scientists and other workers at the nuclear power plant in Chernobyl claimed to see a huge black bird-like creature with the body of a man flying around the plant. Those who saw the red-eyed beast also reported a series of strange, harassing phone calls and a string of nightmares leading up to the disastrous explosion in, in April 1986. So on the day of the accident, several people saw the huge black bird flying around the smoke after the explosion. Even those in the nearby town of Pripyat claim to have seen the strange creature that became known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl in the days leading up to the disaster. Interesting. And then... That's a creepy picture. Yeah. Uh, and then, so apparently, in September of 2006, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Awahali... A Cherokee man and his son were driving down an isolated stretch of road at night when the Mothman attacked them. Apparently. Uh, so Iowali told how the creature flew alongside and then directly in front of their windshield, close enough to touch. And then they got a really good look at it, describing it as a bat-like, as bat-like and fleshy with sparse hair and red eyes the size of road reflectors. He described the monster's high-pitched screech that gave them vertigo and made them sick to their stomach. The man's son pulled over and threw up on the side of the road. After returning to the location a few days later in the daytime, all they found left behind was a deer carcass they later blamed on a poacher. Huh. Okay, so this one's a bit of a stretch. Mothman sightings are correlated with the swine flu outbreak in Mexico. All right, let's so hear some it. believe the large, hairy, red-eyed creature, the people of La Junta, Mexico... Wait. What? Oh, it's worded weird, but they believe that the people of the people of La Juventa began to see the stalking the creature stalking this area in 2009. The sightings occurred around the time leading up to the 2009 swine flu outbreak in Mexico. Two witnesses, Angelina Mendez and Vivian Ledezema, Ledezma, experienced pure terror as they heard the creature's screeches emanating out from an apple orchard near Manaca Cemetery. A student who requested her name anonymous reported the Mothman chasing. My mic's falling. I just realized that. 
We have to unscrew it and Yeah. Well, I mean, we're almost done. Yeah, we're almost done. Let me just tighten it a little bit. I did not realize that till just now. <laughs> you kept going down with it, I noticed. Oh. A student, uh, so the anonymous person reported that the Mothman chased him for 15 minutes on the night of March 6, 2009. Nothing else about that. Uh, the Mothman may have signaled the deadly Zion Te Dam disaster. Uh, a region in southeast China was plagued with sightings of a figure that resembled the Mothman in early January 1926. Dubbed by locals as the Man Dragon, the shadowy, ominous figure was seen hovering above the Zion Te Dam. Then disaster hit the surrounding farming village in the form of 40 billion gallons of water. Jeez. And that resulted in the death of 15,000 people. That's a lot of people. Why did you go like that? I was in shock. That's... So Mothman travels to every single impending disaster. Apparently, it's believed that he's sort of like a prophet and that he warns people he's a harbinger yeah i don't know why he would if he's warning he takes on this like look but well i mean i don't think he's there to rescue people he's there to warn people and he need a scary ominous look to oh, warn like, people get of, people to like flee yeah okay that makes sense i mean with the mine you wouldn't stick around with a giant looking Mothman creature thing, would you? That's true. They got saved. They they ran out of there. They're the only people to listen. Yeah. But that's it. That's all I could find on the Mothman. <coughs> I've only heard about the uh, stuff that happened in uh, Point Pleasant. Yeah, all that area up there. I didn't hear about all the other disasters. That's just suppose. <laughs> <coughs> nice. So, supposed stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's only supposed stuff. Man stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the Mothman. I love the Mothman, except for uh, when he uh, he killed what's his name? Bandit. Bandit. Yeah. Little bandit. Poor bandit. Yeah, that's a little unfortunate. That part kind of bummed me out. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that I read that, so it bummed me out again when I read it a second time. You almost cried. I yawned. No, you. You're about to cry. I was about to cry. Stop. Let's not talk about bandit anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all we have on the Mothman. Doug, any thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't really get the correlation between the Mothman and like UFO sightings and all that. I see him as more of just like a, like you how you said with the radioactive waste at the TNT plant. I see him more of like a mutation than an alien sort of thing. Not even a ghost, because he's definitely he's a creature. He's probably dead now, which sucks. We don't know if he. We don't know if it's like one specific Mothman or like. That's true. Like a fleet, fleet, fleet. a flock, flock, a flock of Mothmen. What, what would you call a flock of Mothmen? Ah, uh, uh, man. A. So what are your thoughts on the Mothman? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think. Do you do you believe? Simple question, like the obvious question. Do you believe in? I him? believe that certain things happen. I no, don't, no, no. Do you believe in him? I do. Do you believe everything that I shared with you? Not everything. What don't you believe? Nine eleven. That's kind of I don't know. Um. I mean, I believe the some eyewitness accounts, like the mine, yeah. Because I mean, how else would they have run and known mm-hmm. to get out of there? Yeah. Um, the bridge is iffy. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was just like an. Which an, one, the Minneapolis one or the Point Pleasant one? Point Pleasant. Okay. And I think that was just like an industrial malfunction. Because I mean, I watched. On the History Channel, it was about Mothman and how it was. Um, it was a uh, suspended bridge, and like yeah. the cables, like malfunction, and so the bridge started swinging and swinging, and then it collapsed. Heavy traffic yeah. caused it to collapse. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it was the weather too. Yeah, I mean, Mothman 
could have been like predicting all this. Maybe. There's I mean, no that, that I, I, it's an interesting concept. I, I like it a lot. I think it'd be easier if you just like sky wrote. Like, yeah. Don't cross. It poops. In Bridge the sky. will collapse. Yeah. Yeah. So you believe in Mothman? Yeah. You know, it'd be cool. What? If he was like a supervillain and his poop was like radioactive. Pretty sure he's a supervillain in Batman. Yeah. Moth. What was the supervillain in uh, Spider-Man? Um, Killer Moth is the... What was the villain in Spider-Man? He was in uh, Homecoming. Oh. Uh, it's like a... He was a bird. Is it Valkyrie? No. What the hell is his name? Hold on, hold on. Now this is really bothering me. It's like a... Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, Vulture. Yeah, that's it. I knew it was a V. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was like Falcon or Vulture or something. But well, yeah, that, I think that's a... Is that it? Yeah, that's that's all I have that's on Mothman. Yeah. That's it. Uh, We're I back! We are back. I guess we should do a couple announcements. If you're listening to this today... We are posting, which is the same day we are recording, April 9th. Then we will have another episode out later this week, Friday at the latest, I'm pretty sure, because you're going to be researching for part three of the Monster Series, uh-huh. correct? We also have a podcast with uh, a buddy of ours, Miles, over at Relish the Journey Podcast, interviewed coming. us back in it's January, January yeah. and it released today. I listened to the whole thing. It was a good January. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was really I only cool. listened to half of it. It was really, really cool. Uh, we've posted about it. We'll probably continue posting about yeah, it for at least we'll have to get in, the next few days. Get in touch with him. Yeah. Coming on. We really should. Yeah. Talk to him about that. I will. Okay. And uh, I guess that's it. Uh, thank you for listening to the Mothman. Thank you. We're two monsters down. Dose. Three more to go. Got to be three good ones. Three good three ones. Three big ones. Oh, I've already. Oh, dude. I've got the best monster. The Loch Ness Monster. No. Chupacabra. No. Ha. <laughs> You won't guess it, dude. Honey Allen Swamp Monster? No, you won't guess it, man. Yeti? We're going to have to wait. Damn it. We're going to have to wait. Fine. Well, thank you for listening to Always. This has been Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. Wait, this has been Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. Yeah, and they have an Instagram, nightswims.podcast. Yeah, yeah. I love them. Yeah, it's really cool. Dude, this mic is about to fall. Okay, we need to cut it. It's the table. Is it the table? It's the, oh, the table doesn't break. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, and we will talk to y'all later this week. Yeah. Goodbye.